0: VAM Electric Go on the air with Natalie um, Bailey so you're okay you're all set today um, you're having a, um, how are you today
1: I am awesome today thank you very much I'm very excited to be here to speak with you and and to to share what we can with the watchers and listeners so thank you for having me
0: so I, I gave the title of this episode, I say I said um, basically from party girl to entrepreneur, how a gym turned life around. That was a suggested title. So that's uh, the kind of focus that we'll have. Um, you're a coach and a mentor and you're a property developer. Uh, you have over 10 years of experience running you know, businesses, including bars, gyms, and business. So uh, we're going to talk about like how you can be successful in health, wellness, and happiness. Um, so when we talk to you um, about that, we will also mention your website for people in audio. Audience. There's www.nataliebailey.com um, or bella.com.
1: Arabella, Natalie Arabella. The website. The website is different to my name. So the website's is nataliearabella.com. And my surname is Bailey. That's my family name.
0: Yeah, Natalie Arabella. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I confused that. But Natalie So if people go to that website, what do they find there?
1: They find lots of pictures of me with red hair. <laughs> um on on the website we detail like what we do. Um. Like from our, we've got the Confident Entrepreneurs Club, which helps start and scale up businesses to connect with other entrepreneurs, increase their confidence. Um, We do weekly trainings, monthly online sessions, um, looking at like goal setting, making sure that you're being accountable and getting stuff done. Um, And then on there, you'll also see what we do in terms of our mastermind and retreats. So they are like the higher level stuff and I, I love all of what I do, but um, you'll, you'll see what we do in, in terms of the mastermind. We, we work through people's struggles, their challenges and um, celebrate the wins and help map out a plan of um, map out a plan for their lives going forwards in health, wealth and happiness. And we also do other stuff in terms of like content creation and um, confidence building, different workshops and things like public speaking setting up membership sites, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then we are four weeks away from running our third retreat. And I'm really excited about that because we get to do all sorts of fun activities, team building, confidence building, but also having that network of people and the people that, that come and the way they connect with each other. It's a really special experience taking yourself out of the day to day and in somewhere like really inspiring. And hot um this year's is in mallorca in the Balearic islands in spain and oh yeah like nice. I said, i'm very excited it's four weeks away
0: well, that's nice okay i was gonna ask you where it was gonna be i was wondering if it was gonna so where are you right now
1: i'm in mallorca right now and mm-hmm. i've lived here as i alluded to in that title um since 2011 and um, mm-hmm. i left for a little while and lived in barbados for nine months and wow. that's where we hosted last year's retreat was Barbados. And the first one we did in the UK because of all of the travel restrictions and stuff. So, you know, we didn't really have much of a choice
0: there. <laughs> My wife's from Barbados. She was born there. But uh, Amazing. Uh,
1: that's...
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, you did mention like inner confidence. And one of the first questions I was going to ask you is like, how do you unleash your inner confidence? And I guess you, would, you teach people how to do that in, in your retreats. Is yeah.
1: The yeah, so I believe that everybody has confidence. We all have confidence in us. It's whether we choose to let it out and unleash it. So first of all, you need to recognize that you have something in you. And thinking about, you know, your normal day-to-day activities, you use confidence in any way. So whether it's setting up a podcast, a Facebook Live, whether it's having a shower, putting your clothes on, you have confidence in those tasks because you've done them before and you've repeated them so many times, it's like second nature to you. Uh, How many times have you gotten in the car and you've driven somewhere and not realised or remembered how you got there or what you're actually doing in terms of driving because you're like on autopilot, right? So it's the same with tying your shoes or learning a new skill, you have to push through that barrier of, I don't know how to do this, and then going, I want to know how to do this, and then practicing as much as you can, so that you can then get better at it. Because if you can have confidence in one area, you can have it in another. So tap into those resources that you have inside even if it is from something that may sound so simple as tying your shoes, you can use that for the bigger things and the things that may seem like really scary. Like, have you ever watched a toddler try to tie their shoelaces?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes them a while, but do they give up?
0: Yeah, I remember when my daughter. She took a while, but uh, we we kept at it, and she got it. It, it just yeah. took it took it. Took, it wasn't coming that easy but you know it's just a matter of practice and i think it's the same thing as i'm a musician i'm a producer and i hadn't done podcasting right but i i I felt confident being a musician so i can do that because Mm -hmm. i i play people like i can produce so it was just like going from like audio to video what was the kind of thing because like musicians sometimes we you you don't see us when we're writing you -hmm. know a lot of times and, and you got to change your mindset when you present. I was an audio podcaster for a long time, and then I switched to video. And it was a whole different set of things I had to do. Um, yeah. But I think it's like that that pra- being a musician, we practice. You know, That's part of the nature of being a musician is you, is you prepare, you write songs, you do development, you go in the studio. So there's a lot of things that you do, like muscle memory of playing mm-hmm. a piano, or playing a guitar. So yeah, I can kind of, I totally get it. And I think athletes have the same, they, they, you know, being athletic. Um, I think that, that gives you that kind of discipline to, to practice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I was having a chat with someone on on my podcast the other day and he's um, a public speaking coach and he said about musicians and the fact that you practice and imagine going to a gig. And that being the first time they ever performed that and they'd never practiced, like how disappointed would you be? You're giving them your your first draft. And that's exactly the way you, when you think about public speaking, if you've got a presentation to give practice it first. So you're giving people your best. So doing that then for yourself to practice and to let that compound effect kick in one, you're doing yourself a massive service and you're, building your confidence by doing that. But you're also seeing accomplishments time and time again, because you're going, yes, I did that today. I did that today. And then you're getting that little dopamine here and from that reward system, from that sense of accomplishment through practice. And then it's like, you must must have this when you get to like the finished version of, of a song and you f- just feel that it's epic, and it's it is what yeah. it is, it, what, what it needs to be. And yeah. you can do yeah. that with with personal development, with building your confidence.
0: Well, I think all the other point you you mentioned is, um, you went from party girl to entrepreneur, and how the gym turned your life around. It seems like that gym is the discipline that musicians and athletes have that do that practice. Right? Yeah. Actually, seems is that how you try to take that gym mentality and and use that to kind of turn things around maybe you can describe what, what you mean by that
1: yeah so if, if if I can have the discipline to go to the gym every day and at, at the moment I'm on a on a cut because my retreats in four weeks <laughs> so this morning I got up I went to the gym I did I did my leg day I did my cardio then I went and did yoga on the beach because that's a different kind of practice and then i've done all my work all day long uh, today's today's been very very busy but then this evening because i'm on a car i'm doing double cardio and i really detest cardio and i didn't want to go and i just i tell you i did not want to go there's other things i wanted to do there was prep I, other prep i wanted to do and i was like natalie go because think about how you're going to feel when you leave how proud of yourself you're going to be for doing it and then you won't feel like you have to catch up. Now, I've got a better mindset around catching up on exercise, so that that will maybe we'll delve into that later. But having the discipline to do the things even when you don't want to do them is going to be the thing that separates you from everybody else. So it's like a transferable skill. So it's in the same way of the confidence of like tying your shoelaces and public speaking for example, like you learn and you practice, you learn and you practice discipline. And when you look after your body in the right way, and you know that saying, my body is a temple, well, you should treat it as such. You have one body to live in, one life to live. So by using exercise as a treat for your body and mind, rather than thinking of it as a chore or some hard graft that you have to do, you start to change the way you think about things and the way you feel about doing these things. So if I can go from the way I used to live, like Magaluf's a massive party place on an island. It's like, imagine spring break, mm-hmm. but like all summer.
0: Yeah. All day, all the time.
1: <laughs> all day, all day, all night, like all summer. I and mean, that's Miami. what that place is yeah. Like.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like. It's like Vegas, but not Vegas. Yeah. It's yeah. like without the gambling. <laughs>
0: I mean, like new Orleans or Miami, certain places in the U S they have that kind of connotation, even parts of New York. But, um, yeah, the, the idea, like with, with the discipline of being like, I'm in two different disciplines, I'm a software developer, which has a lot of discipline because we have time deadlines and stuff we we have to get done and and we can't, we don't just like, okay, I don't feel like doing it. Like we, we got clients waiting for what we're trying to build. And then same thing when you start producing with a, with a song, you know, working with other musicians and you've got an album or you got a single, I mean, it's creative, but you do have targets that you like, you need to get this done by a certain amount of time. You need to kind of get the artist in the mindset of actually trying to finish. And that's probably sometimes with artistic people, that's hard because sometimes it's like, it's not their natural inclination to, to just kind of be a workhorse. There's like, it's, it's a creative thing, right? And some people's creative yeah. processes, is, Hey, I got to walk in the woods or oh, I'm going to come back later. I'm, I don't feel like doing it right now. And then it's like, well, I got to get it done. <laughs> so they, like, you're trying to figure out ways to get people who are not as disciplined and mm-hmm. still get the work done is, is a challenge.
1: <laughs> yeah. That can, it can be a challenge and that's where deadlines are really important. So like if you've got a, you know you've set a date for an album coming out you've got to do the work you have to find the creativity somewhere whether that is like you say going for a walk i i, I get creative like walking along the beach or in the gym or having the conversations out of like that that space or like round the round the boardroom table like that doesn't that doesn't spark the creativity so if, making sure you've got these times in where you go oh I actually i do need to take a step back here because my brain's not functioning right you know mm-hmm. go and do some exercise go and go for a walk phone a friend and then come back to it with a clearer fresher head but knowing that you've taken some time out so that that deadline's still here and that's why goals with deadlines are the best way to achieve anything because otherwise you're just like meandering along through life without you know, setting these things in for, for things to happen.
0: Yeah, it's definitely. Well, one of the cool things I live in New Hampshire, which is New, New England, and we have a lot of things that we can do, like in the outdoors. You can go hiking, go snoo- snowshoeing, you can go skiing, you can go fishing, you can go all these different places. Amazing. So we're in a very kind of pastoral rural area. And so if I get caught up in I hit the river trail i can go snowshoeing i can go do i can always go i can go fishing i can do something and uh usually i love that kind of idea of walking in the woods like on walden pond you know old uh, poets i'm into victorian poetry and they would always talk about like nature is is a church Mm -hmm. like the road like the idea you go out in nature and that is your cathedral right so you can kind of totally get inspired i've been very much inspired by nature and i'm in a very beautiful place so it always inspires it always gives me a chance to kind of get out of like oh i'm stuck on something let me go out for a walk and come back and i i immediately you know get out of my narrow lane and realize like yeah i needed that because i was like too narrowly focused and i didn't see the big picture hmm
1: so. like wait you know we ultimately human beings are still animals and we're supposed to be outside we're supposed to connect with nature we're not supposed to be sat sat in boxes and little cubicles and not opening the curtains and stepping outside like our feet are meant to touch the dirt and touch the earth and put you know go in the sea and uh, it It's part of us. You know, we we come from the ground, we go back to the ground. So it makes sense that we spend time outside. Like People are like, I know so many people, they are so miserable because they never go outside.
0: Yeah, I think the modern life tries to like penalize you for taking breaks. And one thing good about the pandemic was, you know, I've been able to work from home. Mm. And I've been able to like, you know, get my walks in, get my nature walks in, get my, be able to do things. Cause it became like, okay, just get it done. Right. So mm. I don't have to sequentially sit at my desk for four hours straight or six hours straight. They measure me and whether or not I get the task done. But like, if I took an hour to go walk in, in the cubicle world you can't do that or like, where is he? You know? Where where do he go? Where would where to Peg go? Yeah. go? you're gonna get pinged for is that. You're you
1: on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. So it really has cool. it has inspired a new way of of working and of being because you don't have to be sat in the same space for eight hours a day in order to get the thing done.
0: Yeah, I think so, it actually goes away. It detracts from you getting it done. I mean, the idea that sitting there in that cubicle is going to get it done. Is actually like antithetical to getting it done. You know, I find that like with musicians, the same thing. Sitting in that box in the studio, if it's not working, it's not gonna work if you stay there six hours. It's like you gotta get out.
1: Yeah. And come back. <laughs> Ab- know, absolutely right. Because that's not where you know, you it's not where you see the colors or like hear the noise, is it? It's it can be stifling.
0: Yeah, it's just a different mindset to get away from sequential and it kind of opened it up that, you know, I think creativity kind of is point in time. It kind of jumps around You know, a lot of times that, that, you know, something that's kind of off the cuff and then you go back and you look at the holistic thing. I kind of would into holistic thinking. And a lot of people get into narrow boxes. And if you think in a holistic term, the timeline doesn't have to be sequential. You can bounce around. And I think that's where the good things happen is when you realize that, That you don't Mm -hmm. have to be sequential that you can't bounce around that you can doesn't mean that you can't be disciplined it means that you maybe look at a a wider frame
1: yeah a bigger view of it like the bigger picture the bigger picture view bigger picture thinking and seeing there's another way that's what we as entrepreneurs do we we don't fit the mold we do break out of that narrow-mindedness and break away from what we're indoctrinated to, to believe. And there, there is always another way. And I like, I like to see that people are getting back to nature and seeing like, uh, different solutions to the problems that are pushed in front of us and using that creativity to you know help heal, heal the world and the people in it.
0: Well, I think the idea of like, a fear of judgment will stop a lot of people from having like you know that kind of you know creative thinking, if you think about it, it's hard to measure on a bell curve, mm. because if you have this bell curve and everybody's supposed to be on in the middle, right? But like Einstein's on one side of it, the, you know the Bill Gates is on another side of it. Like you know, like you creative people are on different sides. Of that, and it's hard to measure, because like Einstein, if you try to measure him, you know math, he was getting D's in these, but yeah. he was brilliant. So this the, the the typical. Force meant wasn't measuring him right. Totally missed that he was a genius. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of times the corporate world forgets that, like the innovation sometimes comes on the other vote on the on the different sides of that curve. And if you you are going through your your uh you know your yearly review and you're actually probably kicking you know going to make a lot of people leave and they're going to be entrepreneurs because you didn't measure them actually get they get like tired of you're not understanding them and they go create something
1: mm-hmm. because they
0: couldn't create it in your environment because you're not actually conducive to creativity
1: it's like the you know the maths and sciences are, are pushed forward but not music and art and those you know the creative spheres that actually we need in the world because without that side of thinking like, what is, that's a, this is a bit deep, but what is humanity without that side of thinking? We aren't all, you know, tick box, do this, examine, see how intelligent you are, when actually that, that really doesn't mean anything in, in the real world. Like, what about well, communication? What about um, yeah. connecting with other people? What about being able to help other people? What does it matter if you can't do certain Maths yeah, equations. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like you I'll know, if you can if you can calculus. hold a conversation yeah. and you can be a good leader and you can face that fear of judgment and put yourself out there and go, oh, hold on a minute. No, I don't fit this box. I'm going to I'm going to do what I know makes me happy because people are going to judge you whatever you do. They're going to judge you whether you drive like a, a shitty banger or whether you drive a Lamborghini. <laughs> Like you're going to get either way, they're going to judge you whether you're smart on paper or whether you're not. So you might as well do the things that make you happy and let people judge away and understand that they're going to judge you. So when you accept that that's going to happen, that allows you and gives you permission to go and do the things that you want to do deep down inside that you're hiding away from.
0: I think a lot of people get anxiety about, um, that those measurements, and then they feel like they, then they're scared to say anything because they're scared of failing. But I point Mm -hmm. out a couple of times as like, as a musician, like, like 99% of your compositions actually fail. Like they don't really reach anybody, but I don't look at it as failure because every time you worked on one, it builds you to the next one. And so if you actually look at everyone and I knew a bunch of people when I was 17 that stopped doing music because they looked at it as failure because I didn't even get to be Jimmy page and I didn't get to be in the top 10. My, I looked at as like, as I get grow, I get better. I get creatively better. And so each moment that you might call a failure is actually moving toward the success of understanding different genres. And you can, you're going to fail until you learn, you know, free jazz. You want to learn it. You first try to do it. You're not going to do it right. Right. You know, you got to make mistakes. Just because yeah. you make a mistake doesn't mean you don't stop. You stop doing it. But a lot of people say at the beginning of that, you know, until they feel comfortable, you know, they might just give it up, and it's going to be yeah. uncomfortable yeah. because you
1: don't know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you're always learning as well. All of those failures add up to you coming from a place of experience on the next one. If you if you know, we we don't all know what works like from the off. Like you don't know until you try. So expect failure and get comfortable with that because it's going to happen. Just learn from it and you like use it, put it together and, and go, okay, well, that didn't work. So how can I improve?
0: Yeah, that's like the idea, like podcasting. I've been podcasting since 2016. Yeah. You know, and if I had stopped after my first 12 episodes, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And the first 12 episodes, I go back and I look at them I'm like, "Whoa, I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of people, that's the, that's like the number I've heard is like after 12, most people stop. And I go back to, like, yeah, my first 12, yeah, it was probably fail, 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 fail. Right. But you know, at eight, over 840, I feel more mm-hmm. confident. But it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes you just don't get past that, that 12th one. You don't get to the 13th one because you let the world kind of drive you down.
1: Stop and you, like, yeah. Oh, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm not kicking, I'm not hitting, nobody's watching, so I'm not, I'm just gonna give up. And I really always have been rail against that, you know, with everything I do, in terms of even the, the IT work I do. You get a new programmer, and he's like, Oh, am I really suited for this? I'm not getting it. like, Yeah, it's gonna take a bit. You got to go through the fire, you know, you you, 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 until you go through that, and you have to learn new things. And I've had to learn from mainframe COBOL to like modern. Blockchain. You know, we yeah. learn. We have to reinvent what we do all the time because the tech changes. So you could yeah. be comfortable with COBOL, but you're not comfortable with Python. You're not comfortable with, you know, R. You're not comfortable with whatever. You know, but that's the way the world is. It's, it's, I'm I'm never going to be fully comf- comfortable because there's always
1: new tech coming. It's always evolving. Yeah, everything's so always gonna... evolving. not gonna know it all you can't know it all you just can't you have to you have to go forward and learn and a lot of that is like hitting the glass ceiling and thinking that say those 12 episodes are your limit you can't go any further when when you can i saw a video earlier and i now obviously can't remember his name for the life of me he's the guy that does your family fortunes Oh yeah, I can't remember. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's he's brilliant. He's funny, but he's very like motivating. And he was saying about um, fleas, and they have a thirty-six inch jump, so they can jump thirty-six inches. But if you put it in a jar, it it tries to jump, but then it hits it hits the lid, and then so it learns that that's going to hurt, and so it stops jumping so high. So then. The, the children flees, they learn from their parents. And well, I, I can only jump so high. But you have to then take yourself out of that situation or put yourself into a new situation and a new environment to then see just how high you can jump. Mm-hmm. So just because, and this is why communities to me is so important as well. Not to say that parents are shit. parents are amazing, but they've equally been brought up in, you know, where where they're at. And what I love about, I mean, I work with my mum and I'm very close with my dad. I speak to both of them every day. So I'm very fortunate from, from that regard. I've I've not had that jar top. And this is why I like to help people to, to take to take the lid off and to jump as high as they can. Because when you find the right people and you start talking to people that are doing better than you or doing things that you want to do, you have deeper and better conversations you learn that actually there is no ceiling there is no lid on the top of the jar and you can go and do anything you know if you've got the likes of um jeff Bezos and i now obviously can't remember the name of the the other guy <laughs> mm-hmm i'm not very good with names sometimes um that can go and create something from nothing
0: steve jobs yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: you know so if they can create something from nothing then why can't you as a person watching or listening to this go and do something that you want to do you don't have to then become the richest man in the world but you could become (laughs) the richest man in your world and yeah. by that, I also mean from a physical, spiritual and like mental side as well, because wealth isn't just about money. It's about your lifestyle and, you know, the people you have in it and the things that you do. It's not just a monetary value, but I don't think that putting that lid on the jar is going to help anybody. So take it off right. and go jump.
0: Well, I think it's like the great resignation. A lot of people felt like, okay, now I'm going to go do what I want, right? I'm going to go do what makes me happy. Now, whether or not that makes them money isn't necessarily the measure because if you're an artist or you're somebody that's like into, into, you know, like an Etsy type of thing and you're making your own product, you know, you might be comfortable and it's not making you a millionaire, but you're comfortable because it satisfies mm-hmm. what you want, right? But you're able to do what you wanted to do. You, you're you building, you're creating something you wanted, right? You're doing something you want to do instead of being that cubicle, doing whatever the Fortune 500 company wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. And then you, you weren't satisfied. And I think what happens is a lot, of, you know, I'm an artist. And so I spend, you know, half of my life doing my art and the other life, you know, doing the, the job that ke- allows me to do my art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I didn't have my art, I wouldn't be happy. Because mm-hmm. I, and, and art just, you know, find, it finds audiences. I find collaborations. I find opportunities. And it wasn't because I was trying to make money. It's because I have like I let the art kind of do whatever it's gonna do. I'm not really into trying to forcibly make money with my art. I just I, I let it go where it's gonna go, and then if it brings me something, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know that that I think a lot of times you talk to artists, they do it because they love it. You know. Yeah, they're following at, your they're, passion. You yeah, you follow the passion. You're a painter. You're an actor. You're 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 you know a graphic artist. You're a musician. You're a producer. You do it because you love it and then sometimes it, it, you you connect with enough other souls that they get it and it's really cool when everybody gets it but that doesn't always happen
1: yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be a fine thing
0: yeah it'd be cool if that happened all the time it doesn't always happen
1: <laughs> it, it doesn't it, it doesn't always need to it, as long as it fulfills something in you and you feel like you are following your purpose some of the things that we do as you know as creators we do from a place of i'm doing it for the love of it not everything's going to be about the monetary value but obviously getting getting it out to people is part of that that process and you know having the confidence to do it like like you say sometimes you need a different income stream to then pursue the passion and then that think those things might turn around it might change but if you don't go and do that and try how are you ever gonna know
0: yeah you have to get you know you have to decide because I always tell people when I was a producer I get you know it's like a lot of times I tell artists that you don't you don't really know what the audience is gonna like right mm. so you talk, you talk to an artist and they've got like 20 songs sitting in their vault and then they tell you this is the one they think is the one and then I and then you go look at the vault and you say, you know, these five other ones I like better. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I don't want to put those out. Those are private. I said, we know that's like the first mistake because like you don't really know. As an artist, a lot of artists, famous artists like Prince and Buttle, they would make choices and it wasn't the right choice. Like they, the other people around them actually found stuff and they, they, the artists themselves didn't. Oh, I don't like that. Like they, what you personally like as an artist sometimes isn't what. Is actually is it connect? what the
1: audience likes and what the audience wants. Yeah, I have so done that when yeah. I when I've put logos in it, even logos and images out. I'm like, right, that's my favorite, and then everyone picks something else, and you're like, oh my god, no, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's that's a fair point. Give the audience what they want and what they need. Yeah, with
0: social, yeah, with social media today, you have the opportunity to try things. Yeah, like if you're not fearful. You can go and put something on, on a, on a reel. You can go put it on, on a, on a short, you can go put it on a social media platform and then see what, what goes on. And then, you know, a lot of times we can test things and then we can see if what, what, it's, what the response is. But if you, you if you're sitting on like a hundred ideas and you pick one of them and then it fails is oh that's it. And it's like, well, you had a hundred ideas. You didn't even show anybody, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you ought to go. You've throw them at the wall and you have no idea. So I, I throw it at the wall is not a bad strategy in the world where there's so many places to put things. Yeah. It it's actually are,
1: you're right. There's so many places and always, you know, always be testing. Put it out. See what you know, get a feel for it. Um because otherwise you you're not gonna know. And if you come from a place of of serving the people that are your audience, it's gonna become even better.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you get confidence when you actually decide that, oh, I have, I have the um, authority or I have the right, or I actually am not fearful. I can, you can put it out there. But so many people will put their own class ceiling on themselves. Like they, they? It's like no, nobody's actually restricting them other than themselves. They're sitting on a hundred pieces of art and they won't show anybody right and and it's like, well, that's really kind of hurting yourself because there's like yeah. you like, you have no idea what anybody's gonna think in that gallery unless you put it in the gallery.
1: Exactly. Yeah, put <laughs> yeah. it out there and sit there and just make new stuff and you know, don't put it out there. That's interesting, actually. one of my um mentors he he was an artist or still is I think once you're an artist, you're always an artist, but he wasn't good at selling his art. He just didn't put it out there. He didn't like, again, fear of judgment. Like, what if people don't like it? So that stopped him from making a living through it. But he continued to make art, but then did nothing with it. So, I mean, like I say, I know know people (laughs) that have done the same thing. So being able to shift that mindset and go, well, I've created this. If somebody doesn't like it, so what?
0: Yeah, I mean, it hurts people are going
1: to judge you anyway. So get it out yeah. there because they might find that somebody does like it. It's not the we live in this fear of judgment world, fear of failure. But you know, what if it goes well? What if it goes right?
0: I think you have, you have to not take it personally, and it's kind of hard. Like if you're an artist, and even if you're a creator, right? You're a creator. You're somebody that comes up with a life coach, and you come up with an idea, and it doesn't work. Well, yeah, that 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 can feel hurtful. It's something you do doesn't work and everybody understands yeah. that, but you have to kind of get over it. You have to get over it because you can't reach the next level without making some mistakes. Like you have to break some eggs to make the cake. You know, you, you're going to make yeah. a mistake. Right. And so the first couple of versions of that cake, maybe nobody likes it. And then you're like, Oh, well, I'm going to stop. It's like, well, no, it's like how do you get to be better if you don't try, you know, you have exactly. to put it out. Somebody's got to taste it. Somebody's got to see it. Somebody's got to hear it. You know, you're never going to, Get anywhere just being in your head, and you think about like a poet, like William Blake, was not known in his time. The guy, you know, "Fearful Thy Tiger," uh, "Fearful Thy Cemetery," like really famous or the one of the most famous Victorian poets was not famous in his time. Mm-hmm. He etched his his poems in acid on metal plates, and people found them later. They never; he was never famous in his time, mm. but but he actually had the kind of forethought that I'm going to make this poetry permanent by etching it with art into his plate and so he he did feel that but he didn't really push it other than make it permanent by putting it onto the plates but the idea is that he did part way he did the plates but he didn't push them so he really got you know you you might not be famous you you still can actually be picked up in another time but you you probably want to be known in your time (laughs) You're watching real life yeah (laughs) Yeah, you probably got to have a little bit of benefits to your confidence to a level of, you know, get it outside of it <laughs> So
1: Yeah, get, get it, it out <laughs> there and, and get some feedback, be open to feedback. So the next iteration is a, a better one, and then you keep improving through feedback. I used to hate getting feedback because I was worried of, the negative side of it but actually if you don't get the the constructive stuff you don't know how to improve
0: yeah i mean you never get better uh, in anything you know like you don't get better as a programmer until master programmer goes and says hey you need to do it like this you know you're, you're playing uh, uh you know drums and you got a master drummer of course you're not going to be as good as him right mm-hmm. but are you give it up because you're not good as him you, you learn what you can do like a lot of artists, they like they learn the range of their voice, right? So yeah, I'm I'm I am i do not have a five octave voice. I'm not gonna sound like, you know, Frank Sinatra. I'm not gonna sound like you know this this other person, mm-hmm. right? So like, and so they the problem they make is they try to match somebody, and then if they can't match them, they say, "Well, I'm I'm done because I can't match it." Yeah, you I'm have not to
1: Yeah. Yeah, you
0: have to, mm-hmm. The idea of like a, the punk aesthetic, what I liked about it is it made things more egalitarian. Like you think about the Clash you think about the sex festivals, you think about Nirvana, when you have that kind of punk aesthetic, it's like, hey, I can just go out there and be an artist and I don't don't have the range of this other artist, but I have heart and I have soul and I have an idea that still needs to be heard. And then you can say, well, it's a different type of art and it's still valid to put it out.
1: Yeah. It's just different.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just you can't compare it to another genre because it's not going to be in that genre but it doesn't mean you shouldn't put it out
1: you know exactly so,
0: so I think that it, 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 I think it's like what you're what you're kind of leaning toward with, with what you're talking about the confidence you got to have discipline you know the kind of athleticism of of doing physical activity or working out Mm-hmm. Gives you that discipline. Musicians have discipline. The athletes have discipline. So you kind of give yourself that discipline, your know, mental discipline, not even physical discipline, because like, that might be the harder thing to get yourself into. Like you could get into a physical routine, but can you get to the mental discipline? Right?
1: Yeah, and that that's the thing that sets you apart from from other people. And like I said, like there are times when I just really don't want to do something, but I know that by doing it, I'm going to feel better. And it's going to help me to achieve my goals faster. So rather than taking the easy route and going, "Oh, I'm just going to stay in my comfort zone here. When you push yourself, it challenges you mentally. And it allows your brain to function in a better way. Because you're not giving yourself that excuse or that cop out or you know pretending that you need a rest when actually you're just being lazy there is a massive difference between (laughs) genuine rest and and actually you're just being you're just being lazy and knowing the difference and understanding your brain your body how they're connected it's, it's all one and going okay I don't physically want to do that. I don't mentally want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then you'll get a sense of accomplishment. You will give yourself a pat on the back or a gold star and you'll, you'll feel better for it. And then that equips you to do bigger and better things in other areas. Like you you can grow your creativity. Your your brain is almost like, I know it's not technically a muscle, but it's like a muscle. When you exercise it, it grows, it learns, it increases capacity. So if you know, if you do that to your body, why would you not do that to your brain and constantly be learning and pushing to to have better mental clarity and better focus and being able to do more so that you can see more of life? know like we said earlier you've we've got one life one body and the more that you you can do in experience the like when you get to the end you're gonna go oh yeah yeah that was great that was a great ride rather than getting there and thinking I wish I'd done this I wish I'd done that and even though Mm -hmm. it might sound counterintuitive is the wrong word but you know, being disciplined physically and mentally and equipping yourself with the right skills for life might sound like it's not that kind of fun party freedom, like that kind of life that I used to live. That wasn't really what life's about. Yeah, I'm glad I did it. I had a good time. But it gave me a lot more experience and knowledge to go, well, actually, there's, there's more and like the universe is deeper than that and the conversations you can have are deeper than that. And, you know, you, you, can, you can create so much more when you've got that discipline in you.
0: Well, I think having that life of actually communicating and being with people could be the positive side of that, of that party life is they be able to have connections and be able to communicate and be sociable is a skill. You know, mm-hmm. as a as, as a as a musician, like if you're totally antisocial, how are you going to play in a band, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how are you going to work as a producer if you can't communicate what you're feeling and what you're 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 not able to to express it? So, being able to be sociable in a in a in a way where you have constructive criticism, you can share ideas, you can share moments and feelings. You know, a lot about music. Music is like being with a bunch of people. And not having to say anything and actually just play a note, and then other musician knows what to do.
1: What today? Yeah. Because
0: and that is like magical because it's like nonverbal communication. And I think a lot of times, like you can kind of equate that to a public speaker. Is like, are you just kind of remembering what you practice? Are you reading the audience and mm-hmm. riffing off of what you see as a response? Because good musicians will they're looking all around them, they're looking at the bass player, looking at the drummer, they're listening, looking at the audience and they're adjusting based on where they are and what's happening but they yeah. could just say i'm just going to stay on what i did or you could actually evolve and become a, a, a you know better musician by actually <clears throat> embracing the moment and embracing what's actually going on yeah and, and adjusting
1: yeah cuz ultimately you're there for the audience anyway yeah. you know they they don't <laughs> So why would you not want to give them the best experience you could possibly give them? And that is a really good skill, knowing how to c- communicate, even when they're not speaking back to you, like body language, the, the, the feeling in the room, you can feel energy and feeding back into that is, is a powerful thing. And, and like as a public speaker as well, and knowing when the room's going flat and when to pick things up or when to slow down and... All of that it's it's a similar thing as to as to creating music. You're just using your voice in a different way.
0: Yeah, you're kind of picking up the vibe. Like we always feel like as a musician, like we're feeling like there's a muse, there's like a universal notes that you can be in tune with. And when you see the audience clapping or really moving and or grooving, then you know they got it. Then you know you yeah. actually hit that universal key, right? You know that when everybody is like vibing and they got the sliders up and they're like, oh wow, I got it. I actually I triggered it. You yeah. know, and you, and that is like an awesome feeling as a musician when you can actually non verbal, like or just audio, you know, through what you're doing actually connects to such a level that everybody's kind of grooving. And then you know you got it. And then the band's grooving, you're grooving, the audience is yeah. grooving, and you feel it. And, uh, I think that that kind of connection you can have in other things. It's not just limited to musicians. It's like dancers can get it when they're doing dance, you know, uh, rehearsals or plays or, you mm-hmm. know, uh, actors, you know, there's multiple types of places in your public speakers, teachers can read. The students is like connecting with your students. Are they not? Are yeah. they all like looking at their phones and they're not paying attention to you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want
1: to be here anymore. <laughs> like, but oh, it's, it's really reading
0: the room, the isn't it? Yeah, yeah, reading the room. I think that's a big thing. I mean, in terms of um, knowing that you're gonna connect, <clears throat> and then you're gonna be successful when you connect, like in a hu- with a human. Kind of self, like being able mm-hmm. to be connect with other humans, right? And that means that you are not just inside the individual that you're looking outside yourself, and there's some level of empathy that you have to have, you know, because if you're just totally self-focused, that like, you'd be like an old progressive rocker, turn your back to the audience and just play the song, <laughs> and not even look at what the audience is doing. And you're like, yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna play it, and then they're like, okay.
1: <laughs> That's not giving the audience the experience that they want, is it? No, you know? Really. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you can end up doing that kind of turn your back in other ways. You know, you yeah. can be the teacher's not not you know 99 percent nine, of the kids aren't getting it. Wait, right? that doesn't mean that they're dumb. That means that you're not communicating. You're, you're yeah. not actually getting across, and a different teacher might get across. So maybe yeah. you need to rethink how you're doing it because if they can't get it, maybe it's you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's your communication skills and knowing that people learn in different ways; they take things in in different ways. And maybe the it is that you're not explaining something in the right way. So you know, go back to basics and like you say, read the room, see what's going on. Try try a different way. Try it again, and. And, you know, it, it takes confidence to, to do any of those skills, um, you know, teaching people, entertaining people, all, all of it, it takes, it does take a level of confidence to go, I'm going to put myself in front of you and be vulnerable. And then I'm going to open up and like <laughs> read the room and try to give you what you need.
0: So what are three habits that you can use to build into your daily routine to build confidence That's one of the questions you had. Um, I was wondering like, what, what that would, uh, what, what your look like? be.
1: Yeah. yeah. So there's, I mean, obviously there's, there's lots of different things, but like I put, put in some, in order to build your confidence, you need to practice. So being, Scheduled with your routine is the first thing to to implement and making sure that putting in that time to go in, and I do bang on about exercise a lot (laughs) because it's important, you know, you've got one body, look after it. And the more you look after your body, the more you look after your mind and your brain will function better. So to have some daily exercise in your routine is going to benefit you on so many levels and until you start doing this and you wait for the compound effect to kick in, don't give up after two or three weeks because you're not feeling or seeing any change, Like, be consistent with that and that's the the other thing is consistency equals success. So find some kind of exercise that you enjoy um, and, and make sure you do it daily, it doesn't have to be something crazy, it could be a 30-minute walk. It could be deciding to go for, well, maybe you do want to hike every day. I couldn't hike every day, but I do hike once a week when I'm in Mallorca. Um, but something that gets the body moving, the body flowing, so that your brain starts to, to function better. The second thing you want to do is to make sure that you are checking in and being accountable with other people for your, for your goals and setting yourself challenges. Um, and th- again, I, I've said this earlier, but community is very important. So, knowing that you don't have to do things alone. So, whether that is getting an accountability body and just checking in with them once a day, just saying, look, I've done this today, this was good, or I, I had this challenge, um, is going to make a difference. So, making sure that's scheduled in. I'm, I'm very into scheduling and putting stuff in your diary so you get those little notifications to go and do something like this so exercise community and checking in every day and then one of the things i really like is something i used to think was absolute crock of rubbish and <laughs> is like telling yourself like looking at yourself in the mirror when you get up in the morning telling yourself a daily a daily affirmation, but by by looking in the mirror and saying it out loud, Um, mine has a swear word in it. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. Yeah, yeah.
0: We, we, we have an explicit podcast, so you can do it.
1: <laughs> it's not even a bad one. It's, it's I am fucking amazing. I have a T-shirt that says it, and by saying that every single day, because that's a belief I wanted to instill into me when I realized – that I wasn't feeling that about myself. So by doing that and saying that, and like you look yourself in the whites of the eyes and you do that when you get out of bed in the morning and like, if you're having those moments where you feel a bit shit, just go and do it. Mm -hmm. It starts to shift your perspective on how you feel and look at yourself because you're saying it out loud and you're not just saying it in your head, you hear it in a different way. So you know a lot of people cringe at the sound of their own voice and they won't watch videos back and they can't even listen to their recording on their, their voicemail. It's, and you'll know this as an artist, noise travels differently. So when you speak and you hear your own voice, your, your voice is travelling away from you. But when you watch it back on a video or you listen back, it's because it's travelling to you, it sounds different. So yeah, look totally. yourself in the eyes in the mirror and say it out loud, but also record it. And play it back to yourself. So you get used to hearing your voice in a different way. And that's going to help you to to build your confidence, especially when it comes to speaking. If you want to be a public speaker or any kind of communication, feedback is key. So that's an extra little tip. That was (laughs) for.
0: That's interesting because as a musician, I'm a keyboardist. And for most of my career, I never sang but then I realized I was never really going to get to the next level if I didn't actually sing my own songs. If I kept on giving them to other people, they kind of singer songwriters are considered to be more complete like artists, at least in in the way I looked at it. So, you know, in 2016 I started to actually go through that process of actually listening to my voice, playing with different mics, playing with different all kinds of tools and getting comfortable with how my voice sounded and being able to actually use it with my own songs. Nice. And it was awesome. a big process. I mean, it took, I went through tons of, I mean, all kinds of mics, all kinds of stuff. Just to hear my voice coming back to me and to seeing what I could do with it. Knowing that I had a certain range and I wasn't going to try to get outside of my range, but I got to get comfortable with the limits of my range. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out how that worked. And it was a whole process that I really, you know, it helped me get into podcasting once i actually got comfortable doing the songs it was kind of simultaneously i would release my first vocal records in 2016 and started podcasting in 2016. so it kind of happened at the same time yeah this expanded because i was willing to challenge my my insecurity of not liking my voice yeah and then actually deciding like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna just go and i'm gonna gonna break
1: through this (laughs) Yeah. Break, break through it in order to, to succeed and do better. That's that's amazing. Well done. Because so many people wouldn't and they don't do that. And that is one of the biggest things that I, I do say to people, watch your videos back, critique yourself, and um, get used to hearing the sound of your own voice so that it, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is in the beginning, so that it becomes more comfortable because, magic doesn't come for being in
0: your comfort zone does it no it's kind of like when you learn how to use your voice <clears throat> you can learn how to project it how to get the deep part of it out you know how to actually you know present it and it's very useful like I had a vocal coach on one time for as a podcaster <clears throat> and it was really super informative to figure out you know how to get the voice to come out of your diaphragm how to not be, you know, straining and not wreck your vocal cords, but just the different techniques because your voice mm. is an instrument. You know, yeah. people say, "Oh, he's a vocalist." It's still a musician because your voice is an instrument, and so you know, whether you're a, a public speaker or a, or a singer, like learning how to actually control your voice mm. and 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 use it in in a way that a vocalist would is is actually a good idea when you you know, vocal coaches are really you know, something that people should look into because you can learn how to project your voice a lot better than maybe you, you do naturally without
1: assistance. Yeah. It's a really powerful tool. Yeah. I mean,
0: it, it is, it is your way to talk to the world, the way you, you know, can, can interact and, and get people to, to and you have to be confident. Like it's like if you're not confident, how are you going to do it? Like you can't, exactly. you can't sing a song if you're kind of going back and hitting the tape, rerun and rerun a thousand times, and they still don't like it. You have to get to a point where you, where you, you have to accept it. You have to accept what, what you are, right? You got to look in that mirror and say, I love you. You know, I I love me, you know, that you, you, and you can't get there. You know, you talk to life coaches all the time. It's kind of like the first step is you got to like love yourself. Self-love,
1: self-care. That is the thing, you know, accept yourself, Give yourself permission to do more and give yourself permission to give yourself feedback and then you'll start to grow in confidence.
0: So I'm, I'm, one of the things in closing, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, is: like, was there a time when you were lacking in confidence and then you you overcame it? Um, so maybe talk about how you had the, kind of, that moment, that moment or multiple moments.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- there, there have been multiple occasions and my, my lack of confidence initially was I had acne when I was a child um, when I was from about 10 years old to the age of 21. And that massively impacted the way I felt about myself, the way I looked at myself. I didn't just have a few spots on my face. It was horrendous for me, all over, chest, back. Um, and then that that had issues with like the kind of clothes I felt I could wear. And that really held me back in in a lot of areas because I didn't feel like I could fully be me with this teenage stuff that was going on, even when I was 21. Um, and then trying to mask it and hide it. And I think that's where a lot of like the, the the partying kind of thing came from to being that life and soul of the party to hide the fact that actually I was struggling. So, and, and I, I've seen this with, with a lot of people. Um, actually, those, those kinds of people are hiding stuff that worries them and makes them feel less confident because you do think people are going to judge you, although they never see it to be as bad as you feel about it. most of the time so it wasn't actually until after that cleared up and I went through different and personal development and different coaching and stuff that I really understood what I was doing to myself and then learning to deal with like I've got scars and stuff and like that but that's part of my part of my history and a part of who I am so, learning to, to deal with that, if I could have had that time again, <laughs> um, talking to myself now from then, as if me now, it would be that it, it doesn't really matter what other people say, it's how you feel. So, work on what you can to improve things um, and, you know, implement good skin hygiene, and which I did anyway, but it didn't matter, my, my hormones were all over the place. Um, and just yeah. accepting that maybe this is a part of my life. And it was. Um, and, you know, there's been other times as well, like when it comes to doing public talking, public speaking. My very first Facebook Live was shocking. And I just spoke really, really quickly just to get it done as really fast as possible. And my hand was shaking and it was all like this. Blah, 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 and there, it was, it was Done. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but I did it. And then I did it again, and I did it again, and did it again until I improved. So having that practice, and you know, taking public speaker training has helped. Um, But yeah, the the biggest thing for me was was the acne because it it, all then it disappeared, and then it came back with a vengeance for about six months. A few years later, and I was like, "Is this go away?" So it's was better equipped to deal with it the second time back when it when it came back.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how how things happen in life. Like I, I, what happened to me, in my big confidence building moment was, I actually had cancer. I had a, like in age 27, I had a sarcoma, and then I I beat it, and then I decided like I was a life like a, affirming thing that happened. I kind of I survived it, yeah. And then I really started looking critically at my life, and I said, you know, I've been scared of a lot of things after beating cancer, then I wasn't scared. So then I was like, I went and lived in Japan. I went, I got married. I, I wasn't scared to actually ask my wife out. And i had been, I've been, you know, I've been kind of a person. I had been fearful. I had to put ceilings on myself. I put, you know, I was, you know, like I hadn't been, I'd been in bands, but I wasn't singing. I was writing mm-hmm. the songs, but I didn't feel confident enough to sing. I might give them to somebody else. Then I started to like, really become me you know amazing. and, and it, it really was something i had to go through this kind of crucible moment where i decided like hey i'm giving myself permission that i can do it and i you know why did i have to give myself permission but i guess i had to you know but that's the way it worked
1: yeah because <laughs> you 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 hadn't allowed that up until that point and that's an amazing story of building your resilience and confidence of going, hold on like life could have been very very different so go and live life to the fullest and, you know, see what you're capable of and ask the girl out because you never know, they might say yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's right. what <laughs> You know, it's like the things that you don't do are just missed opportunities. And you might as well like, yeah, well, can, somebody can say no, somebody can say, you don't know, go away, whatever. But like, if you never do it, then you never know. So it's like the point is like this kind of be having so much anxiety, over whether or not you should do something, I don't want to just do it, and you know, you have to deal with it. But you know, you get to the point where you're strong enough to deal with the outcome of what that you do. But right? you mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta be responsible, you know, for the things you do. And if you, you you put it out there and let people know where you're coming from,
1: yeah, yeah, and taking responsibility for for your life.
0: Well, thank you again for being on the program. We actually hit an hour it always went by so quick i never really realized until i look up and i say wow <laughs> actually hit it again but um yeah i want people to go again to nataliearbella.com and again you maybe can tell the audience what they can find there
1: yeah of course no thank you very much um, for having me i've really enjoyed this conversation and it has just flown by so i hope that everybody watching and listening uh, has felt the same and taken some great stuff away So on the the website, you'll see what we do in terms of community. We've got the Confident Entrepreneurs Club, um, where we have a WhatsApp support group. We do trainings. We do monthly online Zoom sessions and masterminding. We also host masterminds and retreats as well. Um, And there's also the, the Confidence Mastery podcast as well. So if you're looking for an increase in your confidence, then check that out too.
0: I always love talking to another podcaster and, and to talk to different people from all over the world. It's very fun. I've had a great conversation tonight. I want people to make sure that they go to that website and also we will be on multiple platforms. We'll be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, VO podcast, Spotify, video podcast, iHeartRadio later tonight. So thank you again for being awesome. on the program. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for having me. I very, very much enjoyed this and I'll make sure that I share it with everybody too. So thank you.